Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and more importantly, welcome back, Giants fans, to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast, the podcast that is home to all things Giants baseball. Folks, before we dive into today's show, I would like to take a moment to let you know that you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, then don't be afraid to subscribe. And if you really like the show, then make sure to leave a review. But most importantly, make sure to spread the word. With that being said, let's dive right in. Hello, everybody. What is going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast. Folks, I'm not going to waste your time today. We have nothing but good news to talk about today. But before we start, just a friendly reminder. I'm your host, James Donahue, as I am for every show. So hopefully that's not a deal breaker for you. All right, everybody, make sure you're holding on to your wigs. We got some pretty exciting news to talk about. The time has come. We have baseball back. This is not a joke. This is not a drill. We actually have baseball back. Now, I understand your confusion considering the tone of my last episode. Not only did I express my doubts and a deal coming together anytime soon, I also explained that I felt we were going to lose the entire month of April. However, I was more than happy to be proven wrong in this particular situation. The MLB Players Union and the owners and Rob Manfred finally were able to come together to meet an agreement on a new collective bargaining agreement. So we're going to go ahead and break that down, but Also, I have some news to break. The news has already been broken, technically, but the Giants have gone out and made a splash in free agency. That's right, the Giants have signed former White Sox starting pitcher Carlos Rodon. I'm going to go ahead and break down why this is a great move for the Giants, but first, let's go ahead and break down the details of the new collective bargaining agreement. It's a lot of numbers, so I won't spend much time on it, but there are some things to highlight. First, The minimum salary for rookie players slash players who don't yet qualify for free agency. Last year, the minimum salary was $580,000, but starting next year, it's going to be bumped up to $700,000, and it will raise $20,000 each of the next five years, ending at $780,000 on the fifth year. I mean, I'm not a rookie in the MLB, but to me, this is great. This is one area that I feel, in my opinion, that the union did a fantastic job. They're getting younger players paid sooner rather than later. Here we go. Moving on to the next topic of the bargaining agreement, and that's going to be the luxury tax threshold. Last episode, I explained that last year, the luxury tax was set to $210 million. However, starting this year, the luxury tax is going to be set to $230 million. And that is also going to be something that raises incrementally in each of the next five years. So this is great because now the Giants, who were already in a great financial situation heading into this offseason, have now been given even more room to spend due to the luxury tax being raised. Again, this is what the Players Union wanted, and me personally, this is also something that I wanted selfishly as a fan. I like when my team spends money. I don't like when my team makes bad financial decisions, but I have a feeling that Farhan Zaidi, that's not possible for him. So in my opinion, along with signing Carlos Rodon, which again, I will dive into, 
I personally believe that the Giants are going to continue to spend big before the season starts. And speaking of, let's go ahead and discuss the timetable. All right. Players are reporting to tr- spring training as we speak. Spring training officially starts on March 18th and opening day has been moved to April 7th. And the best news is that we still somehow, some way ended up at the end of this collective bargaining agreement with 162 games. That's right, everybody. We are not going to miss any games. The games that were supposed to be played within the first two weeks, starting March 31st, are going to be made up throughout the rest of the season. They will be nine-inning doubleheaders. They will no, there will no longer be seven-inning doubleheaders, thank God. And on top of all this great news, the extra runner on second base in the extra innings, that rule is going to be gone. Thank God. I don't even know why that rule started in the first place. It doesn't make sense to have an imaginary runner start on second base without that guy having to do anything to get there. It's an imaginary runner. It's imaginary run. And in my opinion, I personally thought it was a terrible rule. Something else that's coming to the league starting this year is going to be the Universal DH. Again, me personally, I kind of like it. We had it during the 2020 season, and I personally don't remember having a thought to myself. While I was watching the games, I don't remember saying to myself, wow, I really miss watching pitchers hit. Now, I will say, as a Giants fan, and I know you all can relate to this, it was very entertaining to watch Madison Bumgarner pick up a bat and just launch balls over the wall. However, he was the outlier, okay? There's only one Madison Bumgarner, and now that he's no longer on the Giants, watching pitchers hit is not as entertaining as it used to be. Now, I will say Logan Webb did have some pretty special moments offensively over the past few seasons. However, I think me personally, I think I'm going to enjoy the games a little more now that I have nine hitters throughout the lineup, not eight. And before you all cancel me and never listen to another episode again, let me just say this. I understand, all right? I understand the idea of having the pitcher bunt. I understand that that is part of the game, and it's been part of the game, well, specifically the National League, for a very, very, very long time. So let me just say that. I affirm you and maybe not being too excited about the game changing in that way. For me, at least, it comes down to this. I don't like handing the opposing team outs. I don't like just giving them outs. If the Giants are playing the Dodgers or if the Giants are playing the Padres or the Braves or some high octane team, I don't like handing them outs. That being said, I think we're going to enjoy having another batter be placed into the lineup. And I think we're really going to appreciate it when it, when the games are tight, uh, when they're close, and especially when the Giants need that one hit that'll put them ahead of whoever's playing. Now, let me just say this. A common argument when it comes to adding the universal DH is, oh, well, there goes the strategy of the game. Me personally, I actually don't believe that. I think there's actually going to be more strategy that we see. I mean, when we saw Gabe Kapler versus Dave Roberts, Giants versus Dodgers, we saw nothing but strategy. It was actually very enjoyable to watch. The Giants bring a right-handed bullpen arm. The Dodgers sub out for a left-handed batter. The Dodgers bring in a left bullpen arm. The Giants sub in a right-handed batter, and it kept going back and forth. I think that's going to be something that we see more of now that we're adding another batter into the lineup. So me personally, this is something that I'm looking forward to. All right, so we talked about the universal DH. We talked about the minimum salary being raised for first-year players slash players who aren't qualified for free agency yet. And we also talked about the luxury tax threshold being raised. Now, let's talk about a few things that are coming in 2023. First off, 
the defensive shift, I don't know if it's going to be completely gone, but it's going to be regulated. And this is absolutely something that I have been asking for for a very long time. All right, if for those of you that don't know what the shift is necessarily, let's just say Brandon Belt is in the box. He's a left-handed batter. Defenses now, what they do, they shift all of their players to the right side of the field if a left-handed batter is up, and then they will shift all their players to the left side of the field when a right-handed batter is up. So let's go back to Brandon Belt. Every time he steps in the box now, third base is always wide open because defenses shift all of their infielders to the second base side, the right field side. The goal here for defenses is to be placed in a spot they believe the guy who notoriously pulls the ball is going to hit it, thus taking away extra base hits. Now, the reason why I like this is because there was one time last year I personally felt this shift was getting out of hand. I can't remember who was up, but it was definitely someone who was notorious for pulling the ball to right field. But the Padres sent third baseman Manny Machado all the way to right field. No, they didn't sub him out in order to play right field. No, the right fielder was still there. They just added an extra body, and that extra body was the third baseman who went all the way to right field. Me personally, I felt as though that was a little much. When I turn on a baseball game or when I go to a ballpark, I'm expecting the third baseman to, you know, play third base. I'm also trying to see some action. The defensive shift takes away a lot of offensive action. Now, I've heard some arguments of, well, that's also just great strategy by the defense. And I don't disagree with you. However, I just enjoy offense a little more. And I think these are going to make the games more exciting because... So let's just say the Giants shift Crawford from his normal shortstop position all the way right behind second base. The defensive numbers are saying that whatever batter is up, that guy is notorious for hitting the ball up the middle. And then let's just say that batter proceeds to do so. He hits it right to Crawford. In my opinion, there's one thing that's missing. If Crawford was in his normal shortstop position, all right, that would have been an opportunity for him to make a fantastic diving play as we've seen time and time again. But nope, instead, Crawford was shifted up the middle before the pitch was even thrown and he was just standing there to make a routine play on a routine ground ball. In my opinion, that's not as exciting. So starting next year, like I said, I don't know the details of what it is yet. I know that the shift is going to be regulated. A lot of voices around the league have stated that you can still shift infielders around, but they can't go in the outfield. And I think that's where it was getting out of hand, as I use my example as Manny Machado, the third baseman, going all the way to right field. So for those of you who love the shift, I believe this is a middle ground. Infielders will still be allowed to shift however they please as long as they stay on the infield. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the more exciting news. And that's going to be the Giants signing starting pitcher, Carlos Rodon. Now, for those of you that don't know who he is, let me go ahead and throw some stats out. He finished as a top five pitcher in the American League last year. He threw a no-hitter, and he finished the year with a 2.37 ERA while striking out 185 batters in 132.2 innings pitched. This guy was absolutely fantastic last year. The Giants signed him to a two-year deal with an AAV of $22 million. Again, for people who don't know what AAV means, that's basically saying the average annual salary. So over the next two years, Rodon could potentially make $44 million. But in each of the next two years, he's going to be making around $22 million each. Now, in my personal opinion, that's insanely cheap considering that Max Scherzer is making $43 million a year. The Giants are paying for almost half 
of that salary with the same type of quality performance on the field. So me personally, this is a win for us. Rodon is a lefty specialist. In his arsenal, he has a fastball that sits anywhere from 97 to 100 miles per hour, and he also has a devastating knee-buckling slider that makes batters regret their decision of ever stepping into the box in order to face him. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, James, if this guy is so great, A, how did the Giants get him so cheap, and B, how come nobody else signed him? And my quick answer to your question is going to be correct, all right? It's not all sunshine and rainbows over here with this guy because he does have a little bit of injury baggage. So the former third overall pick has experienced a sprained wrist, bicep bursts, shoulder inflammation, and Tommy John surgery. He made 24 starts in 2021, but a shoulder injury shelved him for three weeks in August. So that's the caveat, right? He is a great pitcher when he's healthy. But unfortunately, and you know, the scary thing is that last year was his first full season due to all the injuries he sustained throughout his entire career. But I'll say this, we know that Farhan does not like getting himself into, you know, unfavorable financial situations. So that being said, I'm going to go ahead and trust the front office because they must have seen something in Rodon that gave them confidence in order to get this deal done. So for now, I'm just going to go ahead and enjoy it. If Rodon can stay healthy throughout the entire year, then this is the perfect one-two punch that you can pair with Logan Webb. It's kind of like a 1A, 1B type of status when it comes to deciding who's the true ace. As of right now, I'm going to lean towards Logan Webb, but when you have a healthy Rodon, he's also a frontline candidate to be an ace of a staff. So with this signing, the rotation looks like Logan Webb, number one, Carlos Rodon will be number two, me personally, I put Alex Wood as number three, but I think technically Anthony Desclafani is listed as number three with Wood following behind him. And then you have Alex Cobb as the fifth starter with Tyler Beatty looking to make a name for himself and a mainstay in this rotation. And as I've stated before, I believe the Giants are going to continue to spend because with the luxury tax being raised, the Giants are now almost $100 million underneath the luxury tax which means they can go out and pretty much get whoever they want. I personally would love for them to go out and get Chris Bryant, Sai Suzuki, or Kyle Schwarber. And I also wouldn't mind them going out and signing a reliable relief arm like Colin McHugh or Heath Hembry. But for now, let's go ahead and enjoy what's happened. Baseball is back. The Giants have made a splash in free agency. This is fantastic news. We are getting a full 162-game season. Life doesn't get much better than this, everyone. And with that being said, that is going to be all for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. Again, your love and support is truly overwhelming. You can find the Say Hey podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also leave a rating and a review if you feel so inclined. And of course, everybody, like always, continue to stay safe in this crazy world. Continue to be smart. But most importantly, go Giants.